1: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 165. What's going on, I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh,
0: okay, I'm having a drink on the pod for like the first time in a while. Just having a rough day in the Anderson house today. Kids were not not listening. I think they're just getting tired of of my orders and just be like we're done this basement cleaning shenanigans you have us do no done so you're like all right great (laughs) this is gonna be a good day wait
1: hold on you you recruited the kids to clean the basement is that oh no
0: it's that they have quiet time so there's a two-hour period throughout the day uh, not throughout the day but uh, during the day where i get to do some work in the afternoon and they have to play Independently of each other, because it's not that it at got each other's throats, as all siblings can attest to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when that's done, my wife cleaned up the basement yesterday on her own, on her own time. She's got very little time in the day. She cleaned it on her own, like just put things away and stuff. OK. And I was like, I'm not having I'm not having this. I, I don't like the idea of her spending her like 15 minutes of time for herself cleaning up a basement. Kids, you've made a mess. Clean it up. Boof. That was not happening. The war began. It was World War Three in my basement <laughs> over cleaning up some gosh darn Lego. Oh uh, and no! So it was a rough day today for that. So I'm, I'm having a drink.
1: Okay, I respect that. I am having a drink for nothing, anywhere close to those reasons. God, the uh, the parity between the two of us is, is staggering. Like I was complaining. I feel bad even complaining about my work thing before now. Like that is so minuscule compared to having to deal with. What what you had today. Jeez. Oh,
0: yeah, but I, I picked the fight. I didn't have to do that. I could have <laughs> just been like, you know what? I'll pick it up later. I could have done that, but I was like, no, damn it. Here's the hill I'm willing to die on for my wife. Who <laughs> would have been like, why? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Well, it just shows you really love your wife. that You you want her to have that time for herself. So positive spin. Make sure you tell uh, Mrs. Anderson that's what I said also.
0: I will. I will. You'll you'll be in her good graces. <laughs> Expect the Christmas card from her and her alone.
1: Love that. So let's jump into episode 165. We got a lot to get to. First, a big trade. I think we got to start here, Mitch. The New York Islanders move Devontae's for two second round picks from the Colorado Avalanche. Very hot button issue on Twitter. Some absolutely hate it. Some are lukewarm on it. So others like it. Where do you fall, Mitch?
0: So, sorry, did you say Denny Potve? No. No, no, sorry, Bobby Orr. You said Bobby Orr, right?
1: No, I, I did. Paul. I didn't. It was.
0: It was Paul Coffey. Then I. I,
1: I assume. Uh, no, not not him. Not him <laughs> okay. either. It was um, a second pairing defenseman.
0: So like, I. I get why people are kind of. No, I don't. I don't get why people are mad. And it's not. that When I say that, it's not like this is a great trade. Screw that scrub, Devon Taze. Is that his actual name? Screw that guy. No, it's just. With all the things going on, like, so I, I did a video for our patron, it's our newscast that we do every week, and I spent a good, like, five minutes discussing this topic specifically, so I'm great, I, I'm glad I can rehash some of these here. But, like, when you consider everything going on in this market and how constipated it was and how bloated the Islander's cap was, uh, this trade just makes sense. Also consider the lack of assets that the Islanders had to move in order to facil- facilitate creating cap space. It just this makes sense.
1: Um, I have a question for you, Mitch. Would yes, who is a better defenseman, Devontae's or <laughs> Nate Schmidt? I would say Nate Schmidt, right? Correct. He went for a singular third-round pick in a trade. Now I know he's a couple years older. His cap hits a little bit higher for right now. I'm assuming that Devontae's isn't going to sign for over $5 million a year, but he went for a singular third. He's a top-pairing guy. He's someone you could play 23 minutes a night. He was playing 22, 23 minutes a night for Vegas. A great team, by the way. He
0: he is a top-pairing guy. The, the underlying numbers indicate that Devontae's could be Right, and, and that's that's where there's a lot, and that, that's where the argument is of pro and against Devin Tays is that the underlying numbers say he's really good. The overlying numbers say, like, he's okay. And the Islanders got two second-round picks, admittedly late picks, because uh, unless Colorado just capitulates completely, which seems unlikely, right? Uh, they, they should be late second-round picks. But then again, like you said, Nate Schmidt returned a singular, admittedly late third round pick maybe, maybe even if uh, vancouver totally tanks they're in a crap division so like it's going to be the uh, a middle range pick by 15 Probably. or higher
1: i agree 100 and and that's the thing like I, I don't want this to sound like i'm anti Devontae's. like i think he was a good second pairing defender but when you take everything into consideration i think it's a complete overreaction from some of the the internet that we've seen specifically and I don't want it to, to sound like I'm anti-analytics, because I'm not. I think it's a, a good tool to use in the talent evaluation process. But analytic Twitter completely ripped this apart, and I, I don't think that's fair. I really don't.
0: No, it's it's not. And that's the thing. Like, yes, analytics are a good tool. And yes, like, Devin Tays projects like he's a good player. But we're looking at a constipated market here. In, in any other year, does Devin Tays return two second-round picks? No. Yeah, he Red. should get more than that. But this is not any other year. This is 2020, the year where everything we are living in the upside down, people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the upside down, Lou Lamarello still got two second round picks for Devontae's, who's a top four defender, easily a top four defender. Yep. Uh maybe not the greatest in his own end, but really good at creating opportunities on at five on five and on the power play. And they got two second round picks for him. That's a good return. And yes, it sucks to lose him, but we needed to move cap space. And with those assets, we should be able to do that.
1: Right. And not only did you get the two picks, which I think was slightly surprising with, you know, considering what other players are going for. Um, You could also now attach one of those picks or any other kind of asset now with the you know, bonus that you were able to get from Colorado and potentially move out Johnny Boychuk, which is a $6 million hit. So would you lose Devon in order to clear the the Johnny Boychuk cap hit? In, in this climate, I would say, yeah, I would do it because it's it's a position the Islanders have a ton of depth at in. Like, I, I went through one of my, you know, tweets right after it went down was that the Islanders could completely get by with Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak as the top pair. Nick Letty and Scott Mayfield as the second pair, and one of Andy Green, Thomas Hickey, Sebastian Ajo on the left side on the third pair, and Noah Dobson on the right on the third pair, and you could be completely fine defensively.
0: I, I, I agree, and, and I know this is maybe isn't the greatest podcasting, but like I, I agree with all of that because it's true. It really is. Like I, 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 don't, I don't understand how we're going to be an awful team because we let, we let go of Devontae's. Like the, the one thing that he brings that maybe no one else on this team does is his abilities on the power play. It really is. Like if Nick Letty is taking that position from Devontae's, he doesn't he doesn't match up. Nick Letty does not match up. But our power play didn't necessarily struggle, uh, or or was Devontae did not make our power play successful. Just look at the efficiency over the last two years. Correct. Uh, it's not that he was the problem. Uh, but but in, in stepping, with Nick Letty stepping in for that role, there's a couple of things that we have to keep keep in mind. Like, yes, Nick Letty did not perform well last year in his, like, 70 minutes of power play time compared to, I think it was 154 power play minutes for Devontae's. Comparatively, when you just do it at, at a per 60 basis, Devontae's is so much better. But but even then, consider that. Consider how good Devontae's was in terms of analytics at uh, on the power play and then how poorly the Islanders' power play was. Like He was creating a ton of chances, expect the goals for, shots for, blah, blah, blah. They still couldn't score. Right. Because they need Andrews Lee to convert more at s- than 7.14% of his chances, which he sure. usually does. He averages a 17.7% shooting uh, uh, percentage on the power play. He had seven this year. That's going to turn around, and that's going to benefit anyone, even if it was Devin Tays, anyone, including Nick Letty.
1: Right. That That's the thing. While I understand that he was like the quote-unquote quarterback of the power play, it's not like the Islanders had a top power play in the league the last two years when he was quarterbacking it. Uh, I think you can get by with Nick Letty, Ryan Pulak, Noah Dobson being your power play uh, defenseman. And maybe they don't all play the exact role that Devontae's does, but I'm I'm hoping, at least the hope is at that point, if you clear up enough space, you can get another body in here on the forward side who can help out the
0: power play in other areas. That's right. And that, that's another consideration to make is that we're also assuming that, that these numbers that Devontae's and Nick Letty had last year will go forward because we're assuming, and that's a poor assumption because we all know Lou will bring someone in, right? We're assuming that the playing yes. staff remains the same, and that won't necessarily happen. Uh, he's going to bring someone else in, I would imagine so, once he makes enough moves to do so, whether that's internal or external. Uh, and that changes the dynamic as well. Like If he brings in a shooter, like a specifically a right-handed shooter... Devon, or sorry, not Devontae, Ryan Pollock is probably not playing in the Ovi circle. He's probably at the back, and he's probably going to be, become the the power play quarterback, and maybe not even Nick Letty. right? Because yeah. like, the one guy who lugs the puck more frequently than anyone else on the power play is Matthew Barzell. They don't necessarily need Nick Letty doing that, and we know that Ryan Pollock can control the blue line and at, at least walk the line and shoot. All right, then, then put him in that position to do so, and then put someone like whoever they get to shoot from the OV office on the on the left side,
1: right. It, it, that's that's just the thing. Like it, this is all you have to also look at this as not just an isolated move. Like right. you have to look at what else is going to happen before because of it. Everyone is now assuming that Johnny Boychuk is going to get moved out, attached with a second round pick to him. That, that that's probably likely going to happen in the next few days. Then on top of that, you're hoping that with the the moving of this cap, that you're able to bring in another piece. A forward, something the Islanders desperately need, and that improves the team in other areas. So yeah, you probably did get slightly worse on defense or on on your on your blue line, your defenders. But you're you have more depth there, and you need to improve your forward group. So I am willing to take that little bit of a step back at the one position that's a strength in trying to help boost up the forward position.
0: Right, and keep in mind, we also, by making this move, we keep Oliver Wallstrom, we keep Noah Dobson, we keep our first-round pick next year, uh, and we reduce our RFA bill. So, like, it's not like this is a win. This is definitely an L, because we put ourselves in a position to move Devontae's. However, this could have been so much worse if this trade had been, like, a fifth-round pick or something like that. No, now we have assets to move forward and make and turn our position into a W. Yes, this is definitely a short, a small L. You don't want to have to lose someone like Devontae's. But you probably didn't have all the cap space to sign him. We've talked about this a number of times, mm-hmm. uh, considering all the other RFAs. And you didn't want to move out any other more promising prospects. So you have to do something. And he's the one. Everyone could say like, well, why don't we trade Nick Letty instead? Do you think Nick Letty's getting two seconds? I don't even think Nick Letty returns a second in this market.
1: No, not in this market. Normally, I would say he probably will give you a second and maybe like a, pro, a an okay prospect. But in this in this market, I would say no, probably not. He'd he'd probably get worse than Nate Schmidt. Maybe you're looking at a fourth or a fifth round pick,
0: right? And then so after that, where else do you trade from? Because you have to trade from a position of strength. Our strength is goaltending. i sorry, not goaltending, defending and goaltending. And even then goaltending isn't necessarily a strength, but like it, it could be. We we still don't know about the Sorokin. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing any of the top six. Our top six is weak enough as it is. You're looking to bring in top six. So, <laughs> like, what do, it, it had to be, Taze. It had to be.
1: Yeah. It's like you said, it's unfortunate that you had to move him out. Um, uh, also, I saw people saying, well, Lou put the team in this position where they had to move it out, which I don't yeah. know how fair that is. I, I think I would argue that more
0: of Garth's moves put them in this position. Like,
1: what was. Like the Leo Komarov signing?
0: Well, no, like but Lee, Nelson, Eberle. But everyone would have threw a fit if they didn't re-sign those guys. Maybe not Eberle, but... Right? Lee, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think people would have thrown a fit, and justifiably so. Like he made some big some big signings. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to say, like, Brock Nelson was a bad move. That was clearly a good move, and, and a good value contract, considering. Um, but the, the, these are... These are Garth's moves now because these are moves that were made years ago that should have that should have put us in a winning position, but didn't. Like, no one's gonna bemoan the fact that that Johnny Boychuk is making six million dollars a year. He's earned every penny. Nick Letty's earned every penny as well. This was a, a GM who just didn't compliment his um Well, he had a good team. Garth had a good team. He just didn't have good leadership to propel that team into success. So like, yes, we're in this situation because Garcino signed a bunch of guys to big deals, but, but so did Lou. Um, what's not helping is the cap. Like Lou knew what he was doing when he signed these contracts. He knew the variables he had at hand. What changed was COVID. Right,
1: which is, I don't think is fair to hold him accountable for that. I, I no. think every team every team is struggling with things right now. It's well, not look just like in Vegas,
0: right? They had to move Schmidt for a third-round pick. I'm sure they did not want to do that.
1: No, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think some of the criticism was a little bit harsh. And I'm not saying that Lou is immune to any form of criticism. We've gotten him uh, on him for uh, Leo Komarov signing, I don't think was good. Uh, the, his handling of Robin Leonard, I don't think was good. Um, not making a move at the trade deadline in 2018-19, I don't think was a wise decision.
0: Stan, that uh, did not turn out.
1: Correct. So I have criticized him in the past. In this specific instance, I just don't think it's
0: it's warranted that this level of criticism. No, we really just have to look at the times. Yes, Davante is good. Davante is a good player, and I would hate to lose him, and I do hate losing him. However, when you look at everything going on in the market, like what what were we supposed to do to move Cast Space? What were we supposed to do? I, I, like I, I'm sure Luz called someone say like, hey, take Johnny Boychuk for, I don't know, a, a third, and they said no. All right. Like again, taking half of Marc Andre, I say this again because I'm pretty sure I said this last, month, last week. Taking half of Marc Andre's cap hit over the next three years, I think it was, was going to cost a first and a second. You can't do that. If you're Lou, no. you can't move your first round pick again because of COVID, right? You move it to bring in Jean Gabriel Peugeot. Cool. I did that on purpose and it was calculated. But to do it again because of uh, because of things happening, no. <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. No, you can't. And he, he's playing the cards that he
1: was dealt. And if, if you know, supposedly the IONDERS and him weren't close on negotiations, that was probably a bad sign too, that, you know, in this climate, probably couldn't get
0: all three of those guys done with, with the current situation. No, and he would have gone to arbitration, right? I, I'm just, because the way that Lou talked is like, oh God, I have no idea how much they were going to give him in arbitration. I'm pretty sure Lou had a good idea what it would be in arbitration, and it wouldn't have been much. I, I can't imagine Devin Taze leaves arbitration with like a $4 million contract for a year or two. I just can't. Because again, they can't use fancy stats. They, and when I say fancy stats, like I mean like expect the goals for or war or gar uh, or a goal sc- or a game score. Like you can't use those stats. It's only NHL official stats. And they don't follow any of that. They have, they have some shot metrics and stuff, but it's not Corsi. It's their version of Corsi. Right. Uh, and, and that's not going to change a whole lot for Devontae's. And, and his what, like twenty-eight points this season? While good, it, that's not going to be like oh, get get the truck full of cash over here. This guy has got to get paid. No, the arbitrator is going to look at it and say like you're probably a three million dollar defender, probably
1: on a one year deal, moving up from seven hundred thousand. I would say yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, right. Like that that's a good deal. And so like three million for him. Now you have. Another $5 million for Ryan Pollock and, and Matthew Barzell, which is not enough, but it's something.
1: Right. So, uh, I don't know. I just I wanted to get that out there that I didn't necessarily hate that trade as much as everyone else did. And I, I'm kind of glad you're on the same page with that.
0: Yeah, it, it sucks, right? When you see Devin Taze trading, you go like, oh, God, really? I, I don't want to have to lose Devin Taze. But then when you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, you go like, what other option did he really have? Right. Unless we just like bring back everyone and just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Bring in all the LTIR space possible. I'm sure he's tried that already and it's just not working. No one's willing to give up like a uh, Brandon Dubinsky or whatever.
1: Right. It's it's very strange. So Nick Letty's obviously going to have a little bit of a bigger role. I don't know how much you want to get into uh, Nick Letty right now, but
0: I I just wrote about it now. So if you want to talk about Nick Letty, that's perfectly fine with me.
1: Yeah, let's get into um, some Nick Letty stuff uh, as an umbrella under this Taze conversation. So uh, obviously he's going to be moving into a um, a top four role, something that he hasn't really done the last two years, but he played a ton of minutes for the Islanders before that, as we know.
0: Are you confident? Do you think he can handle it? At five on five? Absolutely. On the power play? Mm, that's where I'm not so sure. Like Devin Taze was much better, maybe not much better, but was better on the power play. Uh, than than Nick Letty was. Although points per 60, Nick Letty wins out uh, compared to Devin Tays. And and, and I'm only looking at last year because that's the only year that Devin Tays played a full season. Right. Um, But when you look at anything else like shots four per 60, um, high danger chances per 60, scoring chances, expected goals for uh, Devin Tays leads by a considerable amount compared to Nick Letty. And, And I'd say per 60 because I want to make it clear that I've leveled off the playing fields because Devin Taze had like double the playing time that Nick Letty did on the power play. It was 70 minutes and and like 44 seconds for Letty to 154 and 24, I think it was, for Devin Taze. So like more than double for Taze.
1: Right. Which which is expected for, you know, the roles that they played. But um, I I'm not as worried about uh, Nick Letty going back to the power play, I think he can be okay. I'm not expecting him to do the exact role that Devontae's was. I don't think that's necessarily fair to ask, but I think he's a, someone who is capable and should be able to hold his own. And you know what? Uh, Arthur Staples said it in his podcast, and you know Barry Trotz has even said it himself, but we, we, we now know how much Barry loves Nick Letty, and if anyone has earned us, giving him the benefit of the doubt and trust in. It's Barry Trotz, so you know what? If he believes in his heart of hearts that Nick Letty can run the power play, then you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy in. I'm buying what he's selling.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll buy what Barry's selling all day. I'll drink the Barry Kool-Aid. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barry has laid out like four key abilities for a defender in his system. One is decision-making process or problem-solving, as he, as he put it. And Nick Letty is a pretty good problem solver. He makes mistakes, but being on a second pair, he's not going to get exposed to the top lines all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, good breakout. That's like yes. Nick Letty's MO. Uh, he's got to be um, strong in his own end, which maybe is, 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 maybe not maybe, but it's definitely Nick Letty's weakness. But he's been working on that over the last two years under Barry Trotz. So he's getting better at it. He's not the best, clearly, but I think he's better than he used to be. And the last one is protecting the blue line. And Nick Letty is pretty good at protecting the blue line. He may not be the greatest at it, but he's pretty good at doing so. And so the four key factors that Barry Trott sees for a defender in the Barry Trott system, Nick Letty does fairly well at, if not exceeds expectations on most of those. Uh, So I I think he'll do well. But that's five on five. My issue really comes back to the power play. I'm not sure that Nick Letty could do, that this this power play could be as successful more successful than it was last year assuming okay. again that lee shoots at 7.14 and that they don't bring someone else in to help out if they don't right. bring someone else and lee isn't having a good year the power play is going to be awful with nicoletti leaving it
1: okay i can maybe buy into that um it's hard for me to uh, analyze analyze it in, in, in this regard let me explain like i think that One Lee's going to go his goals are going to go up next year yeah Uh, I don't think he's going to shoot at the shooting percentage
0: score two power play goals all year (laughs) no
1: I I don't think so I also believe that they are going to bring someone in Uh, I I don't think Lou is going to bring in Stan Pat again for a a second time in three years Um, I, I think he's going to bring someone in who that is I'm not quite sure whether it's via free agency or trade I'm not sure but I think that the forward group is going to be able to bail out whatever gap there is with that Nick Letty has or you know going from Devontae's to Nick Letty on that power play.
0: yeah, like let's remember Nick Letty hasn't last year he put up three power play points, and that was his lowest since 2013 fourteen when he had ten power play points, right? like that's that's bad. He had a bad power play year last year because we had a bad power play and he played very little on it um Mm -hmm. so that's going to change this year so you're right there you're right it it just if i had to pick one as being like i'm not so confident in it's the power play that's how confident i am in his five on five game
1: okay but at five on five which again a majority of the games are played at at five on five correct you're you're confident right absolutely I think something we have to remember too is like let's look at this without any context would you sign up for if you have a team like you just dropped off from I don't know Mars and you're like okay but you know what hockey I don't know bad analogy we're gonna forget that
0: (laughs) I know where you're going you have
1: Devontae's is your second pair as a second pair excuse me Negletti is a second pair defender on your team you're okay with that right yes okay Then, uh, then that's it that should be the end of the discussion
0: yeah, like We're paying him to be one as well, right? $5.5 million cap hit. Yeah, I, I'm okay with Nick Letty being a second pair guy on this team. I really am.
1: Absolutely. So with that, do you want to move uh, along to some of the signings that yes. have been made? All let's right, so let's, let's jump right into that. The Islanders have been uh, busy with some depth signing, Mitch. Uh, a
0: lot of depth added. Yeah, it, it's weird, right? Uh, and when I say weird, I specifically mean the Corey Schneider situation. Because he's talking about how he's coming here, but we haven't heard anything from the team officially saying he's here. But he's speaking to guys at the athletic, be like, "Oh, it's gonna be cool being with the Islanders. I love being with with Lou." And you're like, "But we have no official word that you have signed yet. None.
1: There, there is no official word. You got to think
0: that it, it's done, though, right? We've heard like two days ago, right? It was was it Pierre Lebrun saying it's a seven hundred thousand dollar deal for one year." Yes. And you're like, cool. All right, cool. All right, Islanders. Here we go. Like, usually five minutes later, poof, Memo from the Islanders. It's two days. We're <laughs> we're going into day three, and we still haven't seen anything yet. What the hell is going on here?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm a little uh, a little bit surprised by that one, for sure.
0: Uh, but the signing itself, or maybe just the player himself, makes a whole lot of sense for the Islanders. Correct? Like you wrote about it, like. 15 minutes before we heard about
1: it yeah uh, honestly I I did and I didn't include him uh, on the list but I I said that uh you know there are guys like Aaron Dell out there you 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 were going to look for a a veteran to fill that role and you know I even talked about potentially making a a cap dump with the Detroit Red Wings because they have five non-roster goalies on their cap which is seems like an absorbent amount of goalies. <laughs> Too like, many no goalies. Right. Uh, but, but nonetheless, then, like, yeah, that, that breaks 30, 30 minutes later. And you know what? Fine. That's perfect. I, I know that he struggled at the NHL level last year, but you know what? Put him put him in the A, man. If he's just trying to get his game back and he's with someone he, that he's comfortable with in, in Lou Lamarillo, that's exactly what the Islanders need.
0: Yeah. Um, he's he's a really smart guy in terms of, like, he, he doesn't just – He has a life outside of the game as well. Uh, When it comes to, maybe not the game, he has a life outside of the the devils or or, or being a goalie. That's not the word I want to use. My God. He's represented the goalie faction at the higher level, right? Like He has um, a role in the, uh, I forget what committee it is exactly, but he has a role to say when it comes to when they shrunk the equipment he had a role to play in that and deciding how much and why and where and where to do it and how to do it and so on and so forth. Um, I I really see that as a transitional quality as someone to go from like the goaltending game to coaching the goaltending game, or at least uh, some sort of hands-on role within the goaltending faction. So it's not, maybe not being a goalie, but could be a goalie coach, right? Like maybe taking over for, for Piero Greco learning how things are done for Mitch Korn, and that's where you come into the islanders organization right
1: yeah right you want guys like that in your organization and you know maybe there isn't much left in the tank as a player but he probably wants to continue his career. i'd imagine
0: that he would want to continue post-playing well i i, I hear that right like even Lou said, like i see he wants to re- resurrect his career he's 34 where the hell is he going after this Right, like even if he pitches like a nine twenty save percentage in in the A, who's gonna be like sign me up for three years of that at the no. NHL level? No
1: one. No, but he could he could sign you know a one year deal and get a shot if there's an injury or something.
0: Maybe, but like, but that's what I mean when I say resurrect. It's not like he has a good year at the A and they're gonna be lining up to sign this guy to be even a backup at the NHL level. Probably, yeah, probably not. not. Probably not. So what are we talking about here? I Again, I, I it sounds like I'm criticizing the deal. No, let's bring him in. It fits for us. We have three guys under contract with four spots, not including the ECHL. Yeah, let, let's do this.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I think it makes a ton of sense from the Islanders' perspective to get a guy in like that.
0: And and uh, who better to learn from for Jakob Skarik, right? Like Skarik will be learning from this guy who's a, a, <laughs> a NHL pro, knows everything about the Lula Amarillo way, perfect this is a perfect move for a guy that should probably be our backup in a couple of years
1: right I'd imagine that scar I don't ever see him as like a starter I think I'd be surprised if that was the case but if he turns into a a backup or you know like that third guy who kind of bounces back and forth between the two leagues then I I think you're good with where you drafted him
0: absolutely 100 percent
1: uh another one that was leaked but not necessarily officially announced Mitch Van de Sample. uh any thoughts on the Islanders bringing him back
0: uh well so it, it, i believe it's official now like I, the team hasn't sent anything out yet though right no the team hasn't exactly i'm looking at their transactions list right now on nhl.com and that is not listed okay it's not listed yet but according to cap friendly it's a 2 year deal uh $725,000 cap hit um, but two hundred fifteen thousand guaranteed. So that's ninety k in year one, one hundred twenty five k in year two. Uh, obviously, if he makes a step up to the NHL level, he could make more. Uh, but the chances and the odds of that are very little. Like the guy played no games last year. Uh, he's been pretty good before that, right? He put mm-hmm. up thirty seven and twenty nine points the year after that. Uh, sorry, twenty nine points in 17-18, eight, and then thirty one and eighteen, nineteen. So, yeah, I, pretty I good.
1: Think- I think he's someone who is probably going to, you know, be in the top four for them next year. You'd imagine so, right?
0: I would imagine so, right? Like this is a, essentially a third-year AHL veteran. Like he, he's going to chew up some minutes for them,
1: right? Which is, which is fine. You need guys like that, and you need bodies. And who knows? Maybe I, I think his ceiling is probably like a seventh defenseman if he gets that far. But I would have no issue with bringing him back. I, I know he's coming off an injury, but he did have. Uh, you know, some success in the AHL. So I, I'm, I'm excited to get another look at him.
0: Yeah, why not, right? He's 23 years old. He's 5'10", though, so he doesn't have NHL size. But that that shouldn't necessarily matter if he's got the skill. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, he's Again, he's only 23. So the ceiling uh, can go up at any point. We know the defensemen take a while to get settled in. So we'll see what happens this year. I, I think this is a fine piece of business from a team that's trying to Figure themselves out not only at the NHL level but below, and we'll see that with the rest of these signings that they're making.
1: Absolutely, we also have uh Austin Zarnick signed and Grant Hunt as well signed, and you'd have to imagine that they're AHL deals too.
0: Yeah, the same, same thing. Although Sarnick is gonna get a minimum guaranteed uh, minimum guaranteed of 425,000 but maximum guaranteed of uh 1.1 1. 1 million, so it's 350k in year one 750k in year two uh so that's 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 essentially the full deal that's more because his cap it is 725 so he could hit the nhl level next year for us or he's going to be a, a bouncer right because he's played at the nhl already but for boston and for calgary like he played 49 games in 16 17, 54 games in eighteen nineteen. like he, he he's a, a 13th forward type of thing
1: yeah, which is fine because you're going to lose guys like Tom Kunnackel most likely,
0: and maybe one day you free yourself a Leo Komarov and <laughs> right, exactly. But the thing is that at the AHL level, this guy scores like he had sixty nine points two years ago for Providence, had thirty three points in thirty two games for Stockton. That's uh, Calgary's AHL team. Like the guy scores points at the AHL level, and that's something the that Bridgeport Sound, Sound Tigers did not do last year no absolutely not so that that's definitely an added bonus and then how about Hutton what do you what do you expect from him in the AHL I I don't know I don't he had a good year this year um, but I, I don't know what to expect from him in, at the AHL level yet uh, he's 25 undrafted right like they signed him straight out of the NCAA uh, 6-3 right-handed shot guaranteed 225 um, so w- we'll see we'll see what to get from him but like I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to make of him. I think the honors like him, uh, and I think there's a lot to like of his game. He's got size, he's got strength, he's got mobility, uh, and he puts up points. Uh, but we'll see. I, I think with a better team around him, he puts up even more points. Uh, but there, there's more to be desired from from Grant Hutton, and I think they they might see him as someone who could eventually crack the team, at, at least at a bottom pair uh, role. But the the, the uh, the, the jury's still out. Let's just say that.
1: Okay. Totally fair. A- any take on... They also made a, made a trade as well, acquiring A.J. Greer from the Colorado Avalanche in
0: exchange for Kyle Burroughs. It's dealing strength, right? Like, strength for weakness. Mm-hmm. They moved a, defen- a right-handed defenseman that they probably weren't going to use. Like, Grant Hutton, they re-signed. Mitch Vanesampel's coming back. Right, he's a righty, is he not? Let me just bring this up. He's not; he's a lefty. Uh, but you do have Bodie Wild, who's probably going to step in as a righty. Um, so you move Kyle Burrows over to, to Colorado, and you bring back A. G. Greer, who's a scorer at the AHL level. Like he's not as good as Austin Zarnack or Zarnick at the AHL level, but he still puts up points. I'm pretty sure he had like thirty last year. Which is again something that the Bridgeport Sound Tigers did not have. So, this is just the Islanders dealing depth for, or sorry, strength for weakness at a depth position. Uh, if he hits the NHL level, great. That's extra value. I, I don't imagine he will. But we'll see. They still haven't signed him, right? He's an RFA. So, we'll see what they figure out with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely something to to keep an eye on. But like you said, uh, kind of just dealing away uh, something that you have a strength in in your defense, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle there, and you have something. That's
0: right. Did we talk about Aho last week? Um, I don't remember. So let's talk about him now briefly. Okay, so they signed Aho for two years, right? Um, I believe it's a one way, and in year two. So yeah, it's full 750 in year two. So he gets a a two way deal this year, and then a one way deal next year, which is interesting because that that sounds like the Islanders saying we're going to use you next year. We might not use you this year. This this is a guy definitely on the periphery of the team, right? Like this is the seventh defenseman kind of in competition with with Thomas Hickey. If yep. Thomas Hickey doesn't get moved, although I think Thomas Hickey's going to be relegated to the AHL simply because of the the value of his contract.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, when you when you look at the, the the projection of this defensive group, to me, it's got to be Sebastian Ajo as the seventh team E-man. I think it just makes too much sense. I really do think that they bring green back um, and he plays on that third pair with Dobson because they did look pretty good together in the return to play in uh, in practice. And I think they might have played a game or two together. Uh, But but anyway, I I think it just makes too much sense to have a guy like who who, who, we forget he did play in the league. It's a long time ago now. It's like three years ago at this point. But he he was okay in the NHL, I thought.
0: Yeah, he looked all right. Like the first couple of games, you're going, all right, he's making some mistakes. But he grew into that role pretty quickly. And you're going, holy hell, I think we got something here, guys. Like nothing like, oh, my God, it's the next Eric Carlson to the next Swedish defenseman. You're like, no, but like this is an NHL player. Yeah, uh, bottom pairing may maybe, um, but definitely NHL player. And he's he's small at five ten, but he's smart uh, and he knows where to put the puck and where to go with it. And that that's a valuable skill at the NHL level. And like he he's just too good at the AHL level. Forty six points last year, had thirty this year in like what is it eighteen fewer games. So like he probably could hit something close to that. Uh, like the, the the kid the kid can play. Uh, So I would imagine next year when there's maybe a little bit more room on the team, specifically on the left hand, or or maybe not when there's more room, but when there's more. What's the word I want to use here? There's more uh, there's some of our our right handed defenders a little more grizzled, specifically relating to uh, Noah Dobson. Right. Like, I don't think they put two rookies together on the bottom pair. I I just can't see Barry Trotz surviving that for longer than two seconds.
1: Agree, but I I agree with you. Eventually, I think he is someone who could crack the lineup. I I liked what we saw from Aho, and like you said, he I think he's too good for the AHL. So at worst, I think he's like one of those quadruple A players. They call him like in baseball, like someone who's between the minors, like too good for the minors, but not good enough for the the majors. Same thing, same concept for NHL, AHL, or someone who plays on the third pair and is like decent. But like, would you be upset if he played? I oh, don't know. What do you expect your seventh E-man to play? 20, 25 games for,
0: like, 15 minutes a night? I wouldn't. I'm sure he would, but I sure as hell wouldn't. Uh, I, I really wouldn't. And, then again, like, next year, he's if he plays 20 games this year, he's going to get double to that at least next year. Or the right. year after that, I should say.
1: Because they're not going to bring Andy Green back a second
0: time. No, think. this is going to be a one-year deal for 45-million-year-old Andy Andy Green.
1: Right, but which... I, I wouldn't hate. I really do think that Andy Green's back. But by, by the time we're doing next week's podcast, I think we have uh, Andy Green signing.
0: Yeah, and Lou Lamorello said basically the same thing, right? Like that that will probably happen. P.S. What the hell is going on with Lou? Just like telling people what he's doing. Like yeah, Corey <laughs> Schneider's probably gonna happen. Oh, the Andy Green thing, yeah, that too. This is definitely twenty twenty because Lou Lamorello is never telling you anything like that in any normal year ever.
1: Agree. This is very bizarre. We're not used to it at all.
0: No, just like oh that that rumor there yeah that that's true. What's the other one you got? Oh yeah, totally. What, what is going on? Just ask him everything at this point.
1: Absolutely. I uh, want to move along into a little controversy, Mitch. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So I feel like this one's gone back and forth, but it has. Elliot, Elliot Freeman originally in his thirty-one thoughts said that the Islanders tried to say that there was tampering involved with uh, the John Tavares situation with Toronto a couple of years ago. He then very much so walked
0: that back today. Well, he didn't walk it back. The Islanders reached out to him and said, like, it wasn't us. So someone filed it, right? Someone filed it. It just wasn't the Islanders, apparently.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So, like, a lot of people thought that this was definitely the Islanders for a number of reasons, like, uh, of course, like they're mad because John Tavares leaves. They could have traded him and he didn't want to. You know, he kept on saying, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to stay, I want to stay. Uh, and then there's the whole like courting process in Los Angeles at Pat Person's office uh, with like everyone like waiting outside. Uh, definitely pre-COVID situation. People like a lot of people congregating and watching things happen. Um, and then ultimately he signs with the Maple Leafs and everyone's like of frigging course. Uh, yep. And while that's happening, apparently his wife got a job with the Maple Leafs before the signing happened. Uh, I think she's a not a nutritionist. I think she's a like, uh...
1: I thought she was a nurse in a hospital in Toronto.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's it. But like, I, I think she she delves in sports medicine, uh, which would make sense because like that's like her husband's in that. So kind of like, I don't know, you can bring work home easily. Either way. So there was a controversy there, so people thought that's the whole you know, back-channel things. Um, but apparently the Leafs were investigated by the league, according to Elliot Freeman. There was an mm-hmm. investigation done. Apparently it wasn't the Islanders who started it. And the league said that Toronto did nothing wrong.
1: I, I To me, it is what it is at this point. I can't really get too bent out of shape about that anymore.
0: No, and specifically when you think about what Lula Amarillo did really in just in relation to John Tavares. Like he spoke to John Tavares before he had even officially accepted the Islanders job or maybe not accept it, but at least before it was made official that he was given the Islanders job. So he wasn't even technically the president of the Islanders and he's already calling John Tavares on behalf of the Islanders. That's that's problematic.
1: That Lou was doing that?
0: Yeah. From a league's perspective, not for us, but from a league's perspective.
1: Oh, well, well. Uh, okay. I, I thought you were talking from Islanders' perspective. I was oh, like, no, I had no that, issue that. with
0: that. That's great for, for yeah, Mars. Yeah. That's what you want our guy to be doing. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. But but to then go into like to do that and then file uh, tampering charges would be kind of pretty hypocritical, right? Yeah. and uh, You know
1: what? I, I think tampering probably does happen. I think we'd be naive to think that there is no tampering, but I think it's kind of like one of those things that's just like, understood and not really talked about
0: yeah I, I think the rule is there for the obvious tamperings like the whole Jim Bettings being like yes we are courting you PK Subban wink wink nudge nudge how do you do like the league doesn't want any of that which is still ridiculous I, I don't care I, I don't care like do you think that John Tavares should have been like changed his mind in I don't know February if the Leafs were like yes we want him no it might change our persistence on asking for a trade or letting us trade him for sure. Like if Kyle Dupas is like, yeah, we want John Tavares and we're waiting for July one. Then, then, then the ownership's like, "Okay, right, we, we have, we can't, we can't, can't, we can get something for you now. Let's do it.
1: Right. No, exactly. At that point, then you'd have to.
0: Right. So uh, a whole lot, but this all comes out of the whole Alex Pietrangelo thing. Uh, Him essentially saying like, yeah, I'd like to try going somewhere else. And then the Blues being like, that's not cool. We thought we had a shot. Um, but it's a very complicated situation, and I'm doing a very condensed version of that. But uh, from what Elliot Freeman was saying, he, he would be surprised if the Blues do not file uh, tampering charges against the uh, Golden Knights. Interesting.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on that. But as far as the Tavares thing goes, I don't, I don't see any tampering.
0: No, I, I didn't either when I heard that. I went like, for what? Like, it was pretty, yeah, we all thought he was going, but, like, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. He was shitty about it, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely a little dink, but there was his right to be a dink about it, and he, he went about it a dinky way. Whatever. He, yeah. You play dinky games, you win dinky prizes. Look at that. Haven't, haven't won a playoff series yet, you dink. Anyways, I'm still <laughs> Love a little that. mad about it. Absolutely. So, uh, shall
1: we get into the quiz, Mitch?
0: Yes, let's do that. It is episode 165 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. 165, Matt. That seems like a lot.
1: It does seem like a lot. We've been doing this for a while, buddy.
0: Yeah. So uh, as we do every week, I get—I try to get Matt to guess a player. i You've got five guesses to guess the player. Each one is progressively easier. And the All theme, right. as always, is the number of shows. So this is 165. I went with a player who has scored 65 points for the Islanders. Typically, I go for games, but I couldn't find someone who had either 65 games played or 165 in either the regular season or the playoffs, and for goalies. So, okay, this is all. That's whole a lot. Thing. Are you ready? Uh, I'm
1: gonna give it a go. Let's right. do it. You,
0: you did well last week, so yes. Guess number one, or clue number one, I should say. I was born on January 3rd, 1978. Next. Okay. Two, I always say sixth round pick by the New York Rangers. Do you want to get me? Do you want me to get you the year? That'd be nice. Okay, I'll get you the year. I don't know if that'll help or hinder, but I'll get you the year here. He was drafted in 1997, 136th overall.
1: Okay. I don't have a guess. Then.
0: Okay, that's fine. I came to the Islanders via trade and left via trade 16 months later. next. Okay, four. Matt Martin was one of the things that came back in the trade that were when I left. So, they didn't get Matt Martin because he was in the league. They got the pick for Matt Martin as part of the return in the trade when he left. Oof. It's a little tough <clears> one.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, it's got to be someone from like 06, ish.
0: That's pretty good. Wow, I'm oh very impressed. G- yeah, that alone who, is very impressive.
1: Who? But who is it? Oh my god. Okay, I, I don't know.
0: Okay, my first name is Mike, and my last name is the state that I played in, being Mike the York. Islander. There you go. You got it. Okay, okay. I'm I'm wildly impressed that you narrowed it down to six seven. Well,
1: yeah, because well, my here my logic behind that. Yeah, please. Uh, in We're,
0: in pull the Martin, curtain back.
1: Martin was drafted in '08, so it's got to be like right around, you know, '06 or '07 if they're dealing a draft pick. So I, that that was, that was the logic there. Um, I just I couldn't think, Mike York. Okay.
0: So they they traded one. Mike York to the Flyers for Randy Robitaille and a 2008 fifth round pick, which became Matt Martin. We acquired him in a trade from the Edmonton Oilers. So Mike York and a 2006 conditional draft pick came to the Islanders for Michael Pekka.
1: Ooh, you know how I feel about Michael. I
0: didn't want to put that one in because I knew you'd get it right away. Yes. Uh,
1: All right. Let's get into the social stuff, Mitch. What do you got this week?
0: Uh, I got a few things here. Just just three. But uh, the first one here comes from Kim M who just posted this today. Uh, One year ago. Today was Wallstrom's rookie skate.
1: Good for good for Oliver Wallstrom. man. I really hope we see more of Wallstrom this year. I I like him. I, I think he has a shot to be a good player at the next level. I really do.
0: Oh, absolutely. He's doing pretty well out in Finland, or sorry, Finland, Sweden, my God. Um, he's putting up points. Uh, I, I I've still haven't heard from the coach yet, uh, although I've, I've made uh, inroads with the communication staff there. I think it's just they're coming off a, a, a road trip, and so they're just kind of like getting settled in. Uh, so I, I should be able to hear from them soon about his play away from the puck. That's all I care about right now is like we know he can score. We know he can score in the power play. What's he like away from the puck? Because that's all Barry Trotz is going to care about and Lou Monroe is going to care about when he comes in for camp. That's a great point. That's a really good point. So just waiting on that now. I like that. I'm Also,
1: I know, I know we do the plugs at the end, but I just wanted to say if you're not following Mitch on Twitter already, at TLO Mitch, you absolutely should because he's been crushing it with these prospect updates i love getting all these numbers and stuff really oh, appreciate that
0: thanks man i try finding out more finland and sweden do a phenomenal job of keeping their stats uh, at, at least at the shl and, and, and Liga level anything below that forget it like stuff for alexander jungkratz forget it like if i'm not getting <laughs> points then i'm not getting nothing
1: right absolutely Jeez. good luck on that buddy uh, my first one comes from Fisherman HKY, I guess Fisherman Hockey, on Twitter. And it says, Ila Sorokin update. And it's a picture of Sorokin in his Islanders gear standing next to uh, a kid.
0: Very cool. It, it, we know he's alive and well, and we know he's wearing Islanders stuff. So that, that's all I care about. He's bought in. He's in. He's ours. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I can go to sleep happy.
1: He does have a beard which is going to have to go before
0: uh training camp. Yeah, that's not staying. Uh he's got Varlamov better get in his ear and be like yeah, uh, yeah, ilio, ilio shave whatever the word is for that in Russian. I should look it up right now. I'm
1: surprised you don't know. You're pretty I don't good know with a Russian. lot of
0: words in Russian.
1: You know a, a, so many more than I do.
0: That's true. Uh so shave is
1: brizya or brizya. Okay. Brizya. Yeah. Brizya.
0: Yeah. Brits, Lou! Lou! Brits, I was going to say really I'm too used to shouting my son's name. Oh, my God. What else you got, Mitch? Uh, and this one comes from Jake Middaw. Uh, funny how Devin Tate is a big name now that he has been traded to Colorado.
1: <laughs> this is right. true. <laughs> this is so true. Like, everyone came out of the woodworks to just throw shade at Lou the other day, which uh, I was very surprised with. Uh, now we 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 rehash this we'll rehash but i said it in in the opening segment like in a perfect world would i like is devonte good yeah would i like him to be on the team sure but i think you have to real, step back and realize the circumstances here for a second
0: we really do I, 100% like yes devonte is good and we had to move a good piece to move some some space that that's what it boils down to he's good we needed to move good hey look there's a fit absolutely yeah unbelievable what else what else you got? Last,
1: last one for me is from Rob Hawk on Twitter. It says, per a source, Matt Martin and Isles have a gentleman's agreement on a two-year contract. Won't be announced until after Barzal and Pulak are extended. Are you buying what Mr. Hawk is selling? No. Two years sounds too much. Okay. Um, I think they bring him back. I don't think it's two years. I think it's going to be one year for... 800,000.
0: Yeah, some something like that. I, I'm sure. How old is, is Matt Martin? 31. 30 or 31, I think. Okay, so yeah, I don't think they could do performance bonuses just yet. Um uh, yeah. I of course, if he signs for 800k, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I would like to see him back. I just two years sounds too like too much. I not like he's not worth it. It's just I don't see the Islanders wanting to sign up for a what would essentially become a 13th forward for 2 years. Why would you do that?
1: Yeah, when you have Ross Johnson, I, I don't know, but I do think they, I do think they bring him back. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised to see him go elsewhere, uh, unless someone's like, "We'll give you one and a half million dollars," and then you're like, "I'm on a plane. <laughs> Let's get on a plane, Sydney." Of
1: course, but you know, he, we, we it's very well known that he likes it here, so I, I think he would be willing to take a discount. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's fair. Like all his stuff is here. His fam- well, at least his wife's family all is all here. Like they're settled. I, I i'm perfectly fine I, yeah i i don't disagree with that at all anything else last ones from Potvane's cups i mm-hmm. want and deserve a race as Joshua's saying an arbitrator be like and it's a gif of stanley from the office laughing and putting like a tissue to his face because that's the <laughs> the most ridiculous thing he's ever heard and he's not wrong like he's not so that's at Potvane's cups like he's not wrong. What is Josh was doing? So here's the case for me making more money. I see you have a blank piece of paper there, Josh. Do Do you care to bring anything else to the table?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, especially because he, he barely played last year. Um, I would, I would like to see him get a chance with the Islanders. I don't know how likely that is. We'll see what happens here, but it is a little ironic that he
0: filed for that. I don't get it. I'm a Joshua Sang fan, and I don't get it. Just take, just take the one year qualifying offer, a nine hundred seventeen thousand. Take it, and then bust your butt off, and and earn that nine seventeen. Because you could make it if you play well. Mm-hmm. They will play you. Uh, you just got to do it. And it sucks. You're twenty four years old, but almost turning twenty five, and you've barely hit the NHL level with all that talent. Yeah, it sucks. But you're basically there. Don't screw it up, man. Don't screw it up. Just sign the ELC or not the ELC, sorry, the qualifying offer. Just do it.
1: Yeah, like I, I find it hard to believe that if he went to camp and like really busted his ass, that they wouldn't give him at least an extended look.
0: Like, if you go to arbitration and the arbitrator gives you any more than your qualifying offer, the team walks away. Mm-hmm. Now you're a UFA. And and someone has proven that you're not, and, and the team has walked away from you making a million. And now you're going to get less than that. The team's going to come at you at seven hundred k. Oh, no doubt. Why would you lose two hundred? What would, what could be two hundred seventeen thousand? No, that that would be silly. I would have just signed the qualifying offer. Yeah, just just sign a Josh and play. You're going to put up numbers with guys like Greer and, and Sarnik. You're going to put up numbers. Do it. Do it. Yep, I'm with
1: you. I'm with you on that one. So uh, let's just get a couple of plugs in here before you go. So wherever you are listening to this show, if you could subscribe, give a rating and a review, that really helps us out. We really appreciate all the love and support from you guys. 165 episodes of this doesn't get old. We love doing it. Uh, Also, if you aren't following along with us on social media, please do at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And lastly, of course, you can sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We have all kinds of content going up over there. Five bucks a month gets you post-game shows during the season. It gets you deep dives on topics during the off-season. It gets you mailbag shows. It gets you newscasts and live streams with Mitch. It's a a whole lot of fun over there, and uh, it's a good community of Islanders fans. It's well well worth your while to check out.
0: Absolutely, man. Do it. 109 people, growing strong. Become the 110th. Do it.
1: That'll do it for us on episode number 165. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.